The Fred Minnick Show is brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursiffingpoint.com and by Michter's American Whiskies. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to The Fred Minnick Show. I'm your host, Fred, of course. Got a great show for you this week with Canadian country music singer Megan Patrick. She was she did this interview wearing her vodka suck shirt. And as you know, I don't like vodka and I made some T-shirts and a lot of people like them and are wearing them. If you'd like to get one, just go go to fredminnick.com and click shop to get one for yourself. Now, this interview I found to be quite fascinating because it happened at the beginning of our quarantine and we are in and she kind of talks about what it's like to be out in the country uh, in the middle of quarantine, because not really a lot has changed for her. So that was fascinating. Now, this week, uh, the, the the fun kind of social media interaction is is has to do with kind of me getting back out there in, in the world. And I, I just started going back to the gym. And I admit, of all the quarantine things that, you know, that's kind of taken away from me, I really miss going to the gym. I mean, I miss it. And so this week was the first week that, or last week actually was the first time that I started going back to the gym. And I've come to find out like my tastes for music are very different working out. And I'll, and I'll tell you a little bit more about that. But, but, but first, a word from our sponsors. Imagine this, an experience centered around five Kentucky Bourbon Trail craft tour distilleries in Northern Kentucky, the gateway to Kentucky bourbon. Add five amazing bourbon-centric bars and five delicious bourbon-focused restaurants, cultivating the freshest takes and culinary delights, and you are on the beeline. Start your trip today at findyoursippingpoint.com. At Michter's Distillery, our passion is making the finest bourbon, rye, and American whiskey possible. When you only produce very small batch and single-barrel whiskey as we do, Each and every barrel has to be perfect. No detail is too small for our production team. From careful attention to the 18-month or more air-dried wood used in the construction of our barrels, to entering our distillate into the barrel at the costlier lower barrel entry proof of 103 so that it's smoother, to heat cycling our barrel houses, to our signature filtration protocol, we spare no expense in pursuing our goal of making the greatest American whiskey. And no Michter's gets bottled until our master distiller, Dan McKee, and our master of maturation, Andrea Wilson, say it's just right. Michter's Fort Nelson Distillery in downtown Louisville, Kentucky, is open for tours and tastings. Book your visit on our website and stop by the bar at Fort Nelson for a world-class cocktail. For more information, follow us on social media at Michter's Whiskey, go to michters.com, or visit your favorite bartender, Michter's Distillery. It's all about the whiskey. So like I was saying, the my gym routine has completely changed. So I, I put it out on Facebook. As I am getting back to the gym, uh, I realize how my taste for music have changed for my workouts. Has the pandemic changed what you listen to? And I was actually really, really surprised that I was not alone. Those answers will be coming up after the interview. But for now, enjoy your time with the very talented Megan Patrick. Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. So how are you holding up in this whole isolation time frame we got right now? Um, you know what? I'm doing pretty good. It was, you know, at first it was tough because 
I mean, aside, you know, even putting aside how scary it was, like, oh my gosh, what's happening and this, this, you know, virus and how serious is it? You know, everybody was, was kind of freaking out. And, you know, even aside from that, I was just like, all of a sudden, you know, my tours were canceled, my shows were canceled. Um, you know, I had to go home, all, all my writing sessions, you know, all this stuff that I had been planning for and, and working towards and looking forward to for, you know, a, a really long time, we're just all of a sudden just kind of taken away and canceled and put to a halt. So um, I kind of struggled with it at first. I had a lot of days where I was just really bummed out and had a lot of anxiety and I was, you know, stressed out about the future, but I feel like I've kind of settled into a good place where, you know, there's definitely still a level of, of stress and anxiety about, you know, when I'm going to be able to go back to work, when am I going to be able to play shows again and all that stuff. But I also, you know, understand, I mean, it is what it is. There's nothing I can really do about it. And so I've just been trying to focus on, you know, doing positive things with this, this downtime. I mean, I've never had this, I don't remember the last time I had this much time off. You know, I've never, Mitchell and I, my boyfriend and I have never had this much time together. You know, we're both traveling musicians, um, you know, and, and so it's been good. We've been getting stuff done around the house and uh, I've been going hunting, you know, spending some time outside and uh, it's been good. Yeah. You know, you talk about like the frustrations. Um, I, I definitely hear you from a career perspective because you've been on this incredible steady climb since 2016. You know, you've, um, you kind of became like a, like a, a hero in some cases uh, in, in Canada, you know, like, uh, you know, became like this, you know, like a proud, like Canadian country music star on the rise. And here we are like this, you know, this was a, you know, looking to be a great year for you and the damn pandemic, yeah. you know? Yeah, it was, um, yeah, it was definitely a little bit frustrating and disappointing. I mean, last year, Last year felt like kind of, um, I don't know, like a building year. Like I felt like, okay, the work that I put in now is, is going to pay off next year. You know, so I was, I was really, I had a lot of big things planned for this year. Thankfully, I did get to do some of them. I did get to do the Old Dominion tour, um, which was amazing. We did have to cut my first headlining tour short. I'm hoping we'll be able to reschedule some of those dates, but um, we're just kind of, waiting to see how that all goes. Um, but, you know, I was also supposed to start my radio tour here in the U.S., which would be leading towards my first single on the radio here in the U.S. And so that's been kind of put uh, put on hold for the moment. And, and the same, you know, a lot of, this is my first year playing a lot of the big American uh, country festivals and a, a few of those have already been canceled or postponed. So, it was just frustrating because, you know, I think, and I think any Canadian artist who um, has moved down here or is really trying to like make waves in America, that they, they can all attest to how, how hard it is, you know, to, to just even get to a place where you feel like you have an opportunity. So I, you know, I was frustrated with that, but I think at, you know, at the end of the day, those opportunities are still going to be there for me when all this is over and, you know, we're going to just hit the ground running. And I mean, the thing is, it's, everybody every artist is in the same boat you know we're all kind of just sitting here in limbo just waiting for when we can go back to work and just making the best of it you know we've been doing all these instagram live things and stuff like that and i'm still you know i still do writing sessions over zoom and everything so it's all i can do right now yeah 
And I know, you know, you are an avid hunter. Um, how has this uh, interrupted, you know, probably the one thing that you, you would do to get away from, uh, from a stressful time? Um, well, I, I don't know. I had heard that, um, that the hunting season had been put on hold in Canada or something. I don't know if that's true. I just saw somebody post that online. Um, there haven't been any restrictions put on, on hunting here. It's turkey season right now uh, for spring, which, I mean, I don't see why there wouldn't be. I mean, you're out there by yourself in the middle of the woods. I couldn't get any further from other people, <laughs> you know, if I tried. So, um, yeah, so I've, I've been out the last couple of days. Um, I've seen a little bit of action. I haven't had anything come in that I could, that I had a shot at yet, but I just, either way, I mean, of course I'd like to get a turkey, but I just really love being outdoors. I love watching the sun come up, you know, the quiet, even, even like getting up super early and getting in my truck by myself and just like driving in and, and there's, you know, everybody else is still sleeping. I've always kind of loved those, those little moments. So, you know, and to be honest, if I, if, if it weren't for this, you know, this quarantine right now, I probably wouldn't have even had time to go hunting this spring anyway, because my schedule was supposed to be so crazy. So, you know, there's a little silver lining there, I guess. <laughs> and uh, you've added a new coping mechanism to your life. And the fact that you have joined me in the, in the nation of hating vodka, I, I, love, <laughs> I love that you put on the shirt, vodka sucks. It's awesome. Yes, I love this shirt. And, you know, I've never, uh, the only, the only, um, I guess, exception to that is I do like Caesars. That's the only time I will drink vodka. But like people that I don't understand, like people that just do shots of vodka, like why don't you just drink nail polish remover, you know? <laughs> like, oh my gosh. Ugh. I will never be a vodka soda girl. I, I know that it's supposed to be like this, the skinny drink or something, but that's just, that's not for me. You have no idea how much, you know, the people listening to this show are just going to absolutely love you and go download everything <laughs> you've ever done. <laughs> I hope so. Well, I mean, and, and I'm not putting it on. I really do love whiskey and it's actually, it's really kind of the only liquor I do. I mean, mostly I drink beer or whiskey. I mean, if you've seen my show, usually I'm on stage with a bottle of whiskey. So, <laughs> well, it's you real. are. You are extraordinarily talented, and I Thank have you. sent uh, I have sent you some some actually some really great whiskeys. Um, yes. Do you have your Do you have your glass ready? Do you ready to do some? Uh, oh some yes, fun? I've got I've got a whole little setup here. I've got different glasses for each whiskey, so you know we can keep it pure. Um, I'm really excited. I even, I even brought in a little bowl of, of Cheez-Its as a, a palate cleanser. Oh, nice. <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing, but. Well, cheese, um, yes. I wouldn't normally recommend Cheez-Its, but I did eat a bunch of Cheez-Its uh, last night. So. Um, I, don't, I just like, I just had a bowl there because I'm, I have an addiction to Cheez-Its. So. <laughs> I'm there with you. They're, they're amazing. Cheez-Its are delicious. Okay, okay, so, so which one should I drink first? Let's start with um, let's start with the uh, Woodenville. Do you see the Woodenville one? Hey, I do. Yes, here we go. Woodenville. Yeah. I'm I'm excited because I actually the only one of these that I had heard of was I, I've had Elijah Craig I think before, and I think maybe Weller, but the other ones I didn't know, so I'm really excited. So. This is a, this is from a distillery in uh, Washington. They're actually uh, super, 
super on the rise. And that is, that is my last pour of that bo particular bottle of Woodenville. So I'll actually be, I'll be drinking a, a different bottle, a different okay. one. So well, I'm very excited. It smells great. Cheers. This was my craft whiskey of the year last year. And no, no wasting time for you. You just get right into it. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That is really good. That's really so, smooth. So that's a bourbon uh, made in uh, Washington. A lot of people think that bourbon has to be made in Kentucky when in fact it can be made anywhere in the United States. Um, yeah. It cannot be made in Canada. It just has to be made in the United States. So like it, it's a particular, in 1964, Congress declared bourbon to be a unique product of the United States, basically giving it protection oh. from other countries making it. And Canada does a really, really good job of making whiskey there. They have their own style. In fact, do you drink right. any Canadian whiskeys like Crown Royal or Canadian Club or something like that? Um, I actually want actually my favorite Canadian whiskey is Forty Creek. You, you know what? That's a very American style. Uh, it's delicious. Really? Okay. Yeah, so, I I don't remember. Somebody gave it to me as a gift. Well, I think my actually, you know, I think my mom bought it for me because every year for Christmas, my mom always buys me a bottle of bourbon or whiskey, and I usually bring her something from here in Nashville that she can't get back home. So we kind of do like a whiskey exchange. But yeah, she got me the uh, 40 Creek, the copper pot barrel. Mm -hmm. um, so that that's usually my go-to for Canadian whiskey. I don't, uh, Crown is okay for me. It's, I don't know, it's, it's a little like almost too sweet. And I don't know, there's, a, there's an aftertaste to it that I don't dig all that much. Awesome. So normally I tell people to, uh, nose the whiskey a little bit bring it in that in your nose kind of left and right kind of warm it up and when you smell it smell it with your mouth open what that does is it allows your allows you to pick up more than just the alcohol oh wow yeah and then you know swirled around and i do dig those glasses that those are uh those are really thank you well i have to show you hold on you will probably right. appreciate this these glasses came with um <laughs> this liquor decanter <laughs> oh wow yeah so it's got like its own <laughs> it's got its own little setup yeah yeah now you're not you're not uh, taking that out with you to taste turkeys are you no no it would be tempting you know that was that was a late night amazon purchase and i might have been a few whiskeys deep when I bought it and I didn't know what it was going to look like, but it looks really cool up on our bar. So it was a good purchase. <laughs> right on. Yeah. This so is delicious. This is, this is one of those distilleries that are very tiny, uh, but they are on the rise. So be on the lookout. For... So do you know, can I, is this something, can you only get this in Washington then? Uh, no, you could probably, I, I don't know if they're available in Tennessee. But I can, um, I can have that, I can connect with that distillery and see if they'll send you a bottle if you're really digging it. I really do. This is very, very good. Very good. I could drink a lot of this. <laughs> it's, it's um, yeah, I don't know. It's just like really well balanced. It's got like just the right amount of burn, but still smooth. It's got a, a bit of a earthiness and like a little, I almost get a little bit of maple syrup kind of, I don't know, maybe that's just the Canadian in me, but I really, really like that a lot. Well, this finished in my, uh, I, I want to say it finished, uh, 
Uh, it was my craft whiskey of the year last year, and it came really close to beating Pappy Van Winkle in a blind tasting that I did. Wow. And it, and it's like only four or five years old. But you got, you got the last of my bottle. So, well, thank what, you. I feel very special. <laughs> you could tell, like, you, you, as you were pouring it, you're like, oh, there's not a lot here. So, <laughs> no, no, it was, it was great. I'm, I'm like, actually, I, I set it aside. I'm going to save that for later. I'm going to savor that one. <laughs> All right. Let's go to the uh, Russell's Reserve. Okay. The turkey one. Yes. Russell's Single Barrel. So, this is uh this was a gift to me by um by a good friend he get, he did a um did a barrel pick um okay uh, wild turkey so you can go and pick your own barrels of whiskey oh and, cool and they'll bottle all of them and you can you can buy all the bottles um and that's what this is and the uh, the nickname on it for the bottle is called russell the muscle because jimmy russell that was his nickname. He's like this iconic, legendary master distiller for wild turkey. Uh, uh -huh. He's in his 80s, you know, you know, he's retired, but not really retired kind of guy. But he was an all-American or all-state basketball player. And he's got a photo uh -huh. on the back of him holding uh, two, two basketballs from like, you know, I think this is from the 40s or 50s. But it was one okay. of the, uh, it's just a fun little barrel pick. That's awesome. Uh, and usually this is this is some of the some of the best whiskey that you'll have uh from from a barrel pick is out of these Russell Reserve picks. Wow. Whew. That's good. And of course you being a turkey hunter, this this brand is named after basically uh the whiskey that they used to bring on turkey hunts. So yeah, that is good. Sorry, say that again. You kind of cut out for a minute there. So the uh, wild turkey got its name from these people that would take out, uh, they would go hunting for turkeys and they would bring whiskey from the barrels uh, out of their distillery on a whiskey hunt or on a, on a, on a turkey hunt. And mm -hmm. then they were coming up with like a new brand uh, they said, well, why don't we uh, call it wild turkey after, after, did you just lose an earring? It just, yeah, it just fell off. <laughs> it just fell off. Yep. There we go. Does that happen often? Um, That's a big earring. Well, yeah, I mean, I don't really wear earrings all that much because usually, well, at least like when I'm on stage, I don't because I'm very rambunctious and I'm always like flipping my hair all over the place. So I'm worried that it's going to like catch or fall out anyway. So I'm not very used to wearing them. I was like trying to, trying to, you know, dress up. I am wearing sweatpants though. I'm not going to lie to you <laughs> because I, but it's, I mean, it's all good. All of these interviews, yeah. you know, you can't see it. So. Right. I was wearing uh, pajama pants, you know, you know, the other day, you know, walking around. I was like, yeah, who cares? You know, I'm on zoom. I mean, honestly, people that are like hanging out in their houses, wearing jeans, like what during quarantine, like, what are you trying to prove? Like, <laughs> Ooh, I'm a big guy. I'm wearing jeans in the house. No. It's, uh, Aren't you fancy? fancy. Oh, your jeans still fit you. Good for you. <laughs> <laughs> There ain't no way, Megan, I'm getting on a scale right oh. now. Ain't no way I'm getting on a scale right now. 
Oh gosh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. No it way. Is, it is so bad right now. I mean, I think uh, I think I just polished off a bag of uh, of nachos or nacho yeah. chips. I mean, it's yeah. We won't even. Talk well, I I really love to cook, and so with all this time, I've just I've been cooking a bunch. I've been grilling a lot too. Um, our one of our friends got us a green egg for a housewarming gift, which has been the best thing ever. I've, I've been grilling almost every night, but I mean, what kind of, like, you can't just have like barbecue or, or grilled meats without mac and cheese as a side. Right. You just don't do that. So there's been a lot of <laughs> mac and cheese being eaten in this house. I love it. Well, you ready for number three? I am. I don't, I don't know which, which direction I want to take you for three. I think I missed Let's go with contradiction. All right. So this is actually a, a blend of straight whiskeys. And what that means is, is that they take uh, two whiskeys that are at least two years old from two different distilleries mm -hmm. and blend them together. And this is from a distillery in, in West Virginia called Smooth, okay. Smooth Ambler. These guys are, they're among, a lot of people are making hand sanitizer right now. These were one of the very first uh, distillers to make hand sanitizer and they're donating it and giving it away to oh, cool. and first responders. So really, yeah, that's awesome. really, really cool people. That's great. I actually, I, I just watched, there's a documentary I found on, um, I think it was on either Netflix or Prime. Have you ever seen the documentary called The the wild wonderful whites of west virginia <laughs> no that sounds great though it is crazy so it's based on the, the family the whites so jesco white was like a famous um i'm not, somebody is gonna correct me on this i i forget what the term is but it's basically like you're like a tap dancer but like in the appalachian mountains it's like to bluegrass music and and jesco white was famous for this mm -hmm. so it's all about his family and i'll just say that if you watched Tiger King and you thought these people were crazy, go ahead and watch this documentary <laughs> and then tell me what you think. Okay, I'm down. Where, where can we find that on Amazon Prime or Netflix? Or Yeah, I think it's on Amazon Prime. It might be on Netflix too, but I think I watched it on Amazon Prime, but it is, it's crazy. I, I think I tweeted the other day that the cast of Tiger King might as well be the Brady Bunch compared to <laughs> the White family. <laughs> wow. I got to yeah. watch this now. now. Yeah, you should. Tiger King. I haven't jumped into this. Uh, my wife told me the story about what Tiger King is today. And I was just like, good Lord. And I grew up in Oklahoma. So I've had a lot of people reach out to me, ask me if I knew this guy. And to be honest with you, I did know there was some kind of, there were people who owned tigers and bred tigers in Oklahoma somewhere, but I didn't really, yeah. I mean, I didn't know who these people were. Um, but yeah, this whole thing is just weird. I just was blown away. I mean, I think Mitchell and I like binge watched it. I think we watched it in all in one night or maybe t spread over two nights. And I was just like, just when you think it's as weird as it can get, it gets so much weirder. And you're just like, I cannot believe that not only that one human being exists like this, but a whole like community 
of people exist like this. It's right. insane. Great yeah. entertainment. So contradiction after tasting those other two, what do you think? Is this one uh, different? Um, it's definitely different. It's um, it's more like peaty kind of like I I don't picking up some I, smoke, are you? Yeah, I I like it. I I think I still. I think the first one. What was the first one called? The wood the Woodville or Woodville? Mm -hmm. I think that's still my favorite. This is um, this feels like lighter a little bit. Like it's not as heavy. It doesn't burn as much. The second one, the the Russell had had the most like burn right off right off the top. Mm -hmm. um, but this is it's good. It, I feel like there's just not as many like layers of flavors to it. Yeah, and but it's very it's very like easy to drink. Like it's very drinkable. Yeah, very I'm smooth. In in fairness to to this particular one, I mean it's kind of gone up against a. I wouldn't say, but behemoths, but two very you know, whiskey of the year kind of contenders. So yeah, I mean, it's, it's delicious. I just, in comparison with the other two, it's still very good, but it's not my favorite so far. So would you drink this over Jack Daniels? I would drink, I would drink a lot of things over Jack Daniels. I was thinking about what I was going to say and I didn't know how um, inappropriate I could be on your show. So <laughs> you can be I was going to say I drink horse piss over Jack Daniels, but <laughs> you know, here's the thing about me and Jack Daniels. I used to love Jack Daniels, but we dated in college. You know, we dated, we were really hot and heavy. We were on and off. It was a rough breakup and we just don't talk anymore. It's for the best that Jack Daniels and I are over. <laughs> Well, there are some really good Jack Daniels products. So, um, what I oh, might, absolutely. What I might absolutely. do the next go around is I'll just put them. I'll put another name on there, so you won't know. <laughs> and then when I tell you it's Jack, you'll be like, then then you might run up and be like, oh my god, bad memory. <laughs> oh no, no, I've had. There's one that my uncle really likes that I that I did really like. I just I can't go for the. The, the like the basic kind of Jack Daniels. I think it's just the, something about the taste of it. It just it's like a, a physical reflex for me, <laughs> um, which I hate because because it's you know it's everywhere. I mean, especially in country music. You know, everybody drinks Jack Daniels, and it's like I just can't do it. I can't do it. Well, one of the things they're real big supporters of country, as you know. And, oh yeah, I mean, they absolutely. Tour buses. They sponsor tours. You know, yeah. There. So. Well. And, and that's the thing why like so eric church is is my favorite um like new country artist and he's obviously loves jack daniels and i'm like you know i i mean i i if i could just try and get back into it and and like it again i mean if i ever sat down with eric church and he wanted to drink jack daniels i'd get over it <laughs> so <laughs> eric if you're listening which i i know that you do sometimes um <laughs> Give Megan a call. I would I would let Jack Daniels kick my ass again for, for Eric Church. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you know, there are some other Tennessee whiskeys out there that um, you know, they're looking to, you know, move in a little bit on that on the stronghold mm -hmm. that Jack has on country music. So you can always use that Jack hate to to your advantage in some way. <laughs> it's not a hate. It's just a I don't know. I, I just can't do it, you know. 
but um more of like an allergy how's that yeah it's more of a like i just yeah it's more of an allergy that's a good way of putting it i mean i wish i did i i wear like jack daniels t-shirts all the time i mean i love everything you know the branding and i you know i know all the history and everything behind it i just can't actually physically drink it without having horrible memories of college <laughs> i love it oh uh, well let's get to uh probably um on any given list this is going to be um a whiskey of the year contender it's the weller this okay. is this is the uh, buffalo trace antique collection uh okay. William weller it's a cast drink weeded bourbon you know so basically straight out of the barrel same recipe as uh, Pappy Van Winkle, but some would tell you that this is the this is the one that they prefer over uh, over Pappy. Wow, it smells great. I always I don't, the caramel bomb, you know. Yes, yeah. I I don't know if I've had this before or if I just recognize the name, but. Oh, wow. That is really good. Mm. Hmm. You know, I've had it many times. It never gets old. And the things you have to do to get a bottle, I mean, you have to, you have to work to get these bottles. Some, some people will camp out overnight, you know, kind of like this. Yeah. You know what? Okay, I think the reason why I recognize it, my my boyfriend, I think, had told me, I need, hold on, I need to go and look in our liquor cabinet to see if we maybe have this, because I, I remember him telling me about this this whiskey that was really, really hard to get, and it's really hard to find, and I, I remember we, we went into this random little liquor store right when the quarantine started, we were stocking up, and I, he found a bottle that he was so excited about, he's like, you can never find this. So I wonder if that's what it was. I, I feel I got to go check and see if that's what it was. He'll know for sure. But he's, he actually really is more into tequila, but he likes, he'll, he'll like, he just will sip whiskey. Like if we're just kind of hanging out at home, like, you know, end of the night after dinner, he'll like sip on some whiskey. But if he's like out, he drinks tequila, which I can't do that either. But Wait, hold he on. does enjoy it. Does tequila, does tequila bring back the same kind of memories as Jack or? Um, no, I don't have like really bad memories with it. I just don't like it. I, I don't know. I mean, I'll drink, I really like margaritas, you know, like if it's mixed with something, I'll do that. But like, oh, if I do a shot of tequila, uh, like immediate gag reflex, I just can't, which I, you know, I wish that I could because, you know, they say that tequila is, is the only like upper, you know, of, of alcohol. And, and I do like the buzz that I get from it, but drinking it straight is just, ugh, ugh, ugh. I not I think they I think they oversell like the that upper and the uh health benefits of tequila. I think they oversell that. I don't think it's really Yeah. It's good marketing. <laughs> well good yeah, good. I mean good for them. I still don't care and I still don't drink tequila. <laughs> Love it. Did you want to go check and see if this is like this is the same box? Yes. I'm gonna look really quickly because I'm gonna be very impressed if you remembered it from a flavor perspective. Uh, 
see it here unless he's he, unless he's got it hidden somewhere special. It might have been Willet that he was talking uh, about because uh, I saw Willett, that. Yeah, yeah, Willet's great. Uh, yeah, Willet's really, really great. But uh, also, g given your love for whiskey, uh, he may. <laughs> there goes your earring again. I'm just gonna give up on the earrings. <laughs> no, he gave it a good run. But like maybe, maybe like your, you know, ears are like, we're used to you being on stage and you know rocking. So <laughs> yeah. this ain't working out for us. No. But so my wife, my wife will drink all of our good whiskey. Like when I'm out of town, and she'll <laughs> cocktails with it and she'll sip it. And so I've had to get to the point where I have to hide it from her. So, you know, he may be in, he may be in a very similar situation where he's hiding stuff from there, Megan. He might be. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to search the house. It might have been the Willet, maybe that I was thinking of. But okay, so I have to ask you because since I've been in the in this quarantine, I've been trying to work on my my cocktail skills. And although generally speaking, my preference is is just to drink whiskey. I like to just sip it neat. I don't even like ice in it. Like that's just the way I do it. But I do enjoy an old fashioned or a Manhattan the odd time. Do you have any like tips for like making the best ever old fashioned or, or Manhattan? Uh, yeah. So I, I'm much like you where I prefer my, um, my whiskey's uh, neat. The key for me with, with this is like, is stirring is like giving a, having like the right utensils and like stirring it just for a long time, like maybe five, 10 minutes. Okay. Letting some of that ice kind of melt in with the vermouth if it's a, if it's a Manhattan. Mm -hmm. uh, and I even like, I, I like stirring the, you know, the sugar in with the, uh, with the whiskey for an old fashioned too. So I'm, I'm a big, big, big fan of like the, the stirring. And another drink that I'll tell you that is really, kind of in that same simple category that you can, that you can have a lot of fun with. And that's a highball. It's not, not you know, there's a lot of, uh, there's so many soda waters out right now, mm -hmm. but you know, in my house, we have probably five different styles of soda water, whether it's grapefruit or, or lemon or lime or strawberry even. And you know, you, what you can find is, is that you get a nice tall glass, fill it with ice ounce and a half or two ounces of, um, of bourbon, fill the rest of it up with a good soda water and then put like a, a, a lemon over it or like an orange jet zest and like stir it. And mm -hmm. it's like, it, it's one of the most refreshing, you know, beautiful mm. uh, drinks, like a replacement for like a beer, if you will. Okay. And so that, that's one to play around with that I really like a lot. I will definitely, I will definitely try that. Cause I mean, we always, we always have, you know, like flavored soda waters in the house. I, I try and get, I mean, Mitchell doesn't drink them as much. I, I do it because I love the carbonation, but I don't want to drink pop or soda or whatever you want to call it just because of all the sugar. So I will try that. That sounds very refreshing. Yeah. The, the ones that I'm talking about don't have any of that kind of sugar. Uh, so it's yeah. just straight, you know, flavored soda water, but natural flavors versus yeah. like Coca-Cola stuff. I mean, right. Like, which are you able to go out and get groceries or do you have them delivered right now? Um, I, we, we have been, we are able to go out and get them. Um, I do try and get them delivered when there are like delivery windows available. Cause sometimes I'll go on 
you know, like Amazon fresh or like the whole foods app or whatever. And I'll try and see, you know, if I can get some stuff. And sometimes it'll say there are no delivery windows available because I guess everybody's using it. So, I mean, if I have to, then we'll, we'll go to the grocery store, but I try and if we do have to go, I try and really kind of stock up as best as I can. So we don't have to go all the time, which is very different than how I usually grocery shop because I mean, most of the time we're only here for like a couple days at a time. Like say, you know, we're in town maybe Monday through Wednesday and then we're gone for the weekends. We're touring and stuff. So, you know, I don't buy a lot of groceries at once. I'll buy, you know, what I need for dinner and like a couple of essentials. So our fridge is just like packed right now, <laughs> but, yeah. um, now yeah, it's, a, it's weird. Two fridges or just one? Yeah. We just have one. And honestly, what we really need is like a big deep freezer because I have a lot of like wild game. I got a lot of deer meat. I've got turkey. I've got quail, pheasant. Uh, I think I still have some bear meat maybe. I don't, I've got like everything. And right now we have like no room. And we tried to, we went to go and try and get a deep freezer Cause so we had just bought this house in October um, and at our old house, we didn't have room to, we didn't have anywhere to put one. And so we said, when we moved in here, we would get one to put it in the garage. And as soon as the quarantine stuff happened, like every single place is sold out of deep freezers, like every single, like you can't find one right now. So, so you said bear meat, you, you, mm -hmm. you got a bear. I did. Yes. Uh, it was a bit controversial. <laughs> for the internet, I guess. Uh, but I did a bear hunt in Manitoba uh, a couple years ago. And um, it was it was one of the most amazing hunts I've ever done. I It's the only time I've ever hunted bear. It was through a, a hunting show called Canada in the Rough. So the it's brothers that, that um, they own that show. And they're actually from almost the same hometown that I grew up in. And, um, you know, I think and I, I mean, I've always gotten a lot of, a lot of backlash about hunting, um, you know, on the internet and stuff. And, and honestly, nine times out of 10, it's more that people just are not educated. It's just, they just don't understand, you know, what, what hunting is really about. And a lot of times, you know, if I can, I try and have a conversation with people, you know, if they say something mean, I try and say, Hey, you know, this is why I do this. And I try and explain and educate people as, as best as I can, because, a lot of times I have those conversations and they go, Oh, wow. Like I didn't realize that. And I told, you know, thank you for explaining that. So when I did that bear hunt, a lot of people were, it's funny how people pick and choose which animals they're okay with being hunted and which ones they're not, <laughs> you know, it's like, seems to people don't mind so much when you shoot turkeys as when you shoot a bear. And the, I mean, the reality is that bears in Manitoba, especially black bears are, are really, really overpopulated. Um, and so, you know, a big part of that is just conservation. And the other thing is too, I, I think a lot of people think that it's like a trophy hunt, which it's not, I would never hunt anything for a trophy. I, I don't hunt anything that I don't eat. Um, and that bear meat was actually incredible. Some of the best, um, wild game I've ever had. I only took a little bit of it home. Um, there were the, where we were hunting, there was a, a native reserve and, um, there was some, a lot of, a couple families that had come on some hard times there. So I actually donated most of the meat to those families. Mm. Um, and I paid, I paid a lot of money to have the hide, uh, tan. So I have a rug. So, you know, every little piece of that, that bear was used and appreciated. And, you know, it's, it's just, it's a shame that, that people, because there are a lot of people, I think in the hunting and 
industry, you know, on, on Instagram and on the internet that, that just really horribly misrepresent what a, what a true hunter is, um, you know, and, and morals and being ethical is, it's very important to me when it comes to hunting. So, you know, I try and I don't shy away from the fact that I do it. I, it's not like a, it's not something I'm shoving in people's faces or anything, but if I do post about it or if I do talk about it, I always try and come from a place of educating people on the reasons why I do it, mm-hmm. you know? And, and, and one of those reasons is that, you know, I, I believe that eating meat is, is part of a healthy diet. I believe that that's the, that's the most I don't know. I, I believe that's the best way to nourish my body is to eat protein and eating wild game is, is, I mean, it's the healthiest protein you can get. I mean, it's completely organic. It's, it's true, true, like cage free wild game. And I also know that the way that it was harvested was, was humane because, you know, when you go pick up meat off the store, off the shelf in a grocery store, you don't know where it came from. You don't know how that animal was treated. You don't necessarily know what it ate or the way it lived. When I shoot something in the wild, I know exactly. I, I know everything about it, you know, especially when it comes to deer. I mean, you, you watch deer, you have cameras, you know where they live, where they sleep, what they eat. Um, and most importantly, you know that, that when they do pass on that they pass on in in the most humane way any animal in the wild really can so that's kind of my my stance on it i know not everybody agrees with it but hey (laughs) can't please everybody i i understand that we but we do live in this world where I, i guess they call it the the cancel culture where you know people like boycott uh people when they don't agree with them do you do you ever fear that with with like your with your passion here um i don't fear it because i mean it i used to and i'd be lying if i said that sometimes you know i mean i go on the internet and i'd say sometimes more days than not somebody says something mean to me you know on the internet whether it's about my music or the way I look or about hunting or whatever it is. And when I first started getting comments like that, it it really did get to me. And I kind of just like reached like a threshold where I was like, I can't do this anymore. Like if I'm going to follow this career, you know, I have to understand that this is going to be part of it. And that, you know, anybody who goes on the internet just to like say something shitty to another human being that they've never met, they've got to be pretty miserable themselves. And, you know, at the end of the day, I just had to accept I cannot please everybody. Not everybody's going to like me and that's okay. You know, if they don't like me or my music or my lifestyle, then, you know, they can go buy a Taylor Swift record or whatever, (laughs) you know, like it's just, I mean, at the end of the day, I just find it so funny because, you know, people, especially like country fans and people in the country industry love to love to, you know, make judgments about who's country and who's not. You know, well, the flip side of that is, you know, when people get mad at me for hunting, I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, God forbid a country singer do country things, <laughs> you know? So at the end of the day, it, there's always going to be somebody that has something to say about it. I know my reasons why I do what I do. I, I feel very strong in my convictions and, and why I do what I do. And I think my, my real fans and people that, 
that I relate to, they, they understand it and they, they like it. And the people that don't, well, they just were probably never going to be my fans anyway. So, yeah. Well, I do know we got one whiskey left. And this, yes. this has been really, really good conversation. But it, Thank you so much for having me. This is awesome. It, the, the core of all this is, is, is the whiskey. So yes, and I'm actually drinking it out of uh, this, this one I'm drinking out of my bourbon and beyond glass. This is a music festival that I um, co-created with Danny Wimmer. And, cool. and uh, you know, as I look at it, I can't help but think of like, what's going to happen to, you know, the music industry and music festivals. And then, yeah. uh, you know, my wife, she's a marathon runner. Oh, wow. And they're talking about like canceling New York, the New York marathon, yeah. which I saw that unbelievable. Yeah. You know? but the, what, it's the crazy one, times, man. But the one thing that I am reminding people that we can take solace in and even though we are we 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 may be counties or states or countries apart, we can still have a, a, a virtual sip together and take and and take a moment to enjoy a good dram. Yes. That's a little bit of what we've been doing here, Megan. So cheers. Cheers. Now this is Elijah Craig. This is a 2019 the came out last year. Wow. 12-year-old, 135.2 proof. Wow. I think I'm getting a little bit tipsy over here. <laughs> well, I, um, I've been thinking about this. I'm like, I, I was wondering, am I sending people too much? <laughs> but I'm sending them good whiskey, so I at least oh. feel good. That, that are I'm you not kidding thinking. me i'm like i'm like <laughs> holding on to these i'm gonna savor these little bottles here <laughs> wow that's really good you know what though i ha i still feel like i think the wooden the wooden bill or wood bill wooden bill yeah that's still your favorite i think it is that's amazing that is amazing. You're, you're talking about a really young, a really young bourbon that came from Washington and a state that's not known for its whiskey making. And uh, they're going to be thrilled to hear that. I'm sure they'll send yeah. you a I really do. I mean, they were all like, don't get me wrong. Every single one of them was delicious, but this one still stands out to me. It's really good. That's awesome. I'd say that if I was going to do it in order, I would put this one first and then the Weller. Then, then I think the Elijah Craig, the Russell and the, uh, the, uh, what was it called? Uh, con contradiction. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, again, they're all incredible. I would be quite happy to drink any of these any day of the week, but really good there you have it folks megan patrick is <laughs> yes a uh, small craft whiskey over a buffalo trace antique collection this is an upset of epic proportion <laughs> sorry i mean i don't know i think i'm a little bit drunk now at this point but <laughs> no. 
You're not. I mean, they're all just they're all good. I think it's just there's something about the flavor of the first one. There's like, I don't know. It's really good. I like it. I I've never really had anything like that. Maybe that's why it's standing out to me. Uh, well, uh, I, I, it's good. It's good. Yeah. You know, I mean, it really is. And they, and I just, I, I don't want to sound like I'm harping on it, but they're tiny, you know, and they're new yeah. and they're from Washington. So that is, uh, they've honed in on well, the there. And- I mean, here's the thing. I have a soft spot for the underdog. I have yep. been the underdog many a time. So may- maybe that's, maybe I can just taste a little bit of that, that <laughs> small yeah. underdog thing in there, but it's really good. Maybe, but you know, I, I, I hear you on the underdog side. Um, I think anybody who has, has worked their butt off and, you know, made a career out of a, out of a passion, um, they were all the underdog at one point, you know, and you mm-hmm. have been fighting and clawing to get where you are. And yeah. I would, I, I think, you know, the, the term, um, you know, rising star is, is probably overused. Um, I think you are a star and I think, and you've got, you've got a great career ahead of you and we're, we're all going to get out of this and soon we'll see you on stage and, you know, doing your, you know, crazy leg <laughs> things that you do. <laughs> I, you know what? I just, um, the stage is my happy place. Like there is no drug or just anything like being up there. I, I really do miss it. Um, I mean, you know, like I said, I'm finding the good in this, this downtime, but I can, I mean, that first time I step back on stage is going to be pretty amazing. So but you're also- and actually the last, the last show we played, I think um, it was right before they kind of had set, they, they hadn't really set like the quarantine yet, but they were kind of really just starting to crack down. Trump was closing the borders and, and, you know, stopping all international flights. And I remember we played that show and, and this is right before anything, before we even really knew how serious all this was. And I remember going out before we went on stage, I said to my band, I was like, guys, I just have a feeling that this is going to be our last show for a long time. So let's just go yeah. out there and, and play it like it's going to be our last show for a long time. And it really was a very special show. I mean, one, just because it was a part of my own headlining tour, which I still, you know, I still hadn't even wrapped my head around the fact that that was a thing, but I'm glad I'm glad we treated it that way. And I think the next show back will feel very similar to that. <laughs> so you're also an incredible songwriter. You know, are you like Thank you. <laughs> doing some, you know, some writing right now? Yeah. Um, yeah, no, I've definitely been staying creative. It was weird, you know, when everything first happened, I was feeling like, I don't know, this like anxiety and this pressure, like, okay, I got to do something useful with all this time but I just was not feeling creative. You know, I would sit down and I'd try and write and I think I just wasn't able to turn off all the anxiety and everything. Like I just, I couldn't get in the headspace of being creative. And so I kind of finally was just like, all right, you know what, Megan, just give yourself a break, go, you know, do some yard work or go for a run or go skate or something, you know, and just get your mind off things and stop putting so much pressure. And I think once that happened, it kind of like, lifted 
the pressure off of me. And I started doing some Zoom writes with a couple of my friends that are, you know, that are also songwriters. It's definitely different. It's frustrating sometimes because it's just a kind of a slower process. And I feel like you're also missing that like energy of being in the room with people while you're creating something. Yeah. Um, but I have, I have managed to write some, some really great songs through this that I'm excited about. Uh, my, my boyfriend Mitchell and I wrote together for the first time, just the two of us, which we've never done. It's funny because everybody always asks like, my gosh, you guys must write together all the time. I'm like, no, I mean, if we get like that one day of the week at home, we probably just want to like lay on the couch and watch Netflix. So, um, so yeah, I'm definitely trying to use this time to dig deeper into who I am and what I want to say as an artist and hopefully come out on the other side of all this with some great songs. So, well, I know you're going to get through it and you're going to get through it with a new love for whiskey and a, and a, a renowned, you know, invigorated hate for vodka as you wear <laughs> vodka sucks. And, and if you need more, let me know, like, uh, you know, <laughs> no, I will. This is, I love this actually. My dad would love this shirt. He would love this so much. He's, he's a big, big whiskey guy too. Yeah. Well, send me his size and I'll, I'll take care of him on that and send him a book. And, uh, Oh and my gosh, he would love that. That would be amazing. You bet. I'd love to do that. So he thank would, that you so much for coming on the show. Yes. We're going to get through this and come out on the other side with new songs from you and, and a tour that, you know, will, will, will rock the world. I can't wait for it. So <laughs> Grab your favorite. Well, thank you. Cheers. Cheers, my friend. I really hope you enjoyed that interview with with Megan. She's a she's somebody who has made it. Um, she's kind of I think past that rising star level and is now right there as kind of like uh, a known country entity. And she's got a, she's got a great voice, but really I think she's a, a brilliant performer. Unfortunately, because of the pandemic and the fact that music festivals are not happening, uh, you're not going to get to see her perform in person. So make sure you're going to Spotify or Apple or iTunes, however you listen to your music, and you go start streaming her because she's really quite the musician. I think you'll enjoy it. So on to the question that I put out on Facebook about, like, has your taste for music changed, you know, since the pandemic? Well, I got to say, we, we had a lot of uh, interesting answers uh, here. Estel Fraj uh, says they uh, rediscovered their love for Radiohead, especially their post-computer, OK Computer stuff. I thought, I thought that was uh, pretty cool. And um, uh, Jamie uh, Shakebur says uh, silence. She craves silence. So she's actually kind of given up the, um, the music side a little bit and has, just prefers the, the silence. John Goh says, Mongolian throat singing has been a chill background music for some reason. So go check that out, some Mongolian throat singing. Uh, yeah, I'm going to have to get right on that. Uh, Mike Meese says, music is much louder so I can drown out all the noise around me. Got to be careful, Mike. Don't crank those headphones up too high. You might hurt your hearing. So that's uh, if if your music change if your music has changed during this pandemic, I think we have to ask ourselves why is that? For myself, I'm finding myself kind of going to older bluegrass 
where it's kind of like, uh, you know, the studio recording wasn't that good and you could hear some some choppiness and the crackling in the in the studio. Um, and, and I think a lot of that is because I kind of crave that just that old sound right now. And it all started when I was looking looking through archives at the Library of Congress and I was listening to some old in, interviews in in that I'll be bringing to the forefront at some point. But there are interviews with, you know, known or unknown musicians. And I kind of started craving that old radio voice, that old recording sound, you know, like you would get on like an old vinyl. And maybe that's why uh, people like vinyl so much as you get what feels like an authentic form of sound. And it's not so much that my taste in music has changed. It's I miss I miss the old recordings and what things used to sound like on a, on a recording. Whereas now everything's so clean and pure, it's just maybe too much. But um, anyway, that's not here or there. You guys go find uh, the music that you like. I hope you're listening to Megan and all the all the people who've been on this show from Slipknot to Holland Oates uh, to Lindsay L. You know, we have a lot of great guests coming up, and I'm also starting to put some on YouTube only. We're doing to have live performances from from folks, and then um, I'm going to have, like, some rising stars that I really like, like Amaj. Uh, I interviewed her at Hometown Rising. You really got to check her out. And I'm um, I'm just having a great time with this and getting getting to know artists and drink whiskey with them. So if you get a chance, you know, go over to YouTube and check out what's going on there. In the meantime, please uh, give us a nice rating here on on uh, however you listen to your podcast. It helps with the algorithms. And I tell you, we are absolutely owned by the algorithms in the podcast space. So whatever you can do there to help us out, we really appreciate it. Thanks to all those who support the show and help the show come to fruition, especially my producer, Pamela Fur. That's going to do it for us this week, folks. I hope everyone out there stays safe and be very cognizant of your social distancing. Don't be licking trash cans. Don't lick handrails. And remember, vodka sucks unless it's being used for hand sanitizer. Cheers, everybody. See you next week. Listening to the Fred Minnick Show brought to you by Beeline. Visit findyoursippingpoint.com by Michter's American Whiskies. For more information on Fred's books, articles, and more, just go to fredminnick.com. Mm-hmm.